Isaiah, you need to get really close to the mic and say bits when you're done. If I you're can't... not gonna if you're not gonna do anything besides dry <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I I also can't do that because it's fastened to my face, this microphone, so I can't get any closer. Isaiah can no longer make bits. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell any more jokes. Hey guys, we finally get to talk about Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, welcome to the great. No Spin Dash Zone. <laughs> oh yeah, welcome to Sonic No Spin Dash Zone. We're playing Sonic Adventure 2. We're we're playing. Hold on a second. It's Sonic Adventure a little too early. Charlie. I gotta... feel uh, like. What do you mean? There's not might... a game that comes after Sonic Pocket Adventure. Right. There's, it was. It was. It goes Sonic Adventure and then Sonic Pocket Adventure, and then the long anticipated sequel to Sonic Adventure. Sonic Shuffle. No, no, that that game's been burned down for thirty years. It's time I, to let hold, go. The accident <laughs> wasn't your fault. No, hold up. You can't just. Are, are we a? Are we like a? <laughs> we're like a classic YouTube review channel right now. <laughs> is this our? Is this our like? April Fool's intro to an episode that's not being released on no, April Fool's. No, I just really want to do a bit. It was. <laughs> 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 to to be clear to be clear with anyone who isn't our friends yeah i've i've added a new rule to our podcast <laughs> that i didn't think was going to bleed into the podcast itself no but it's, it's, it's we, all your fault steven right before we started recording this i told a dry joke and steven was like the next time you do a bit you gotta lean into the mic afterwards and say bits so that we know you're doing a bit only on dry delivery. Only on dry delivery. So we're doing Sonic Shuffle this week. Sorry, Sonic Adventure, but you don't exist yet. You mean so, Sonic Adventure 2. Sorry, Sonic Adventure 2. You don't exist yet. Hi, I'm Steven. <laughs> so Sonic Shuffle is a party game just, that just is real terrible. Quick. He's Steven, he's Charlie, and I'm Isaiah. That's We have to <laughs> actually say our names in this podcast. As much yeah. as you don't want to be associated with what we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so Sonic Sonic Shuffle is a terrible party game, and for the sake of argument, there's going to be a lot of Mario Party comparisons. So you're going to have to think of Mario Party, and you have to play Mario Party, then I am sorry. I'm I'm not. Basically, you go, you select a board, you have turn orders. Turn orders determined by a minigame, at least in versus mode. And you get assigned cards from a deck, it's like... I don't know, six or seven cards, and there's, like, four of each kind, except for, like, the S cards and the Eggman cards. Yeah, it's weirdly not a 52-card deck for seemingly no reason. It... Yeah, there's cards numbered the one through six. The S cards allow you to um, pick, just, just straight up, like, take cards, but you can do that anyway. Uh, you can exchange cards, and you can... What, what Basically, what people actually use the S card for is a roulette, which kind of lets you pick any number you want, or you can even do a 7 if you hit the S in time. It's, the S card lets you roll a dice instead of picking a card, basically. Right, but it's a 7-faced yeah. die. Wouldn't it be great if you could just <laughs> roll a dice? No. To be clear, the singular of the word dice is die. Yeah, die, Steven. It's time and... to die. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I wrote Bits. I wrote like an intro, and it's I'm already diverting off of it with all this. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. The main objective is to collect what is called precious stones, which are like stars, except you have to land exactly on them, 
and then you have to fight a boss, which involves picking a card, and if it's any number card, it'll turn into a roulette from that card through one. So if you get a six, a six through one, if it's a one, it's just one. And S cards, it's actually different for every character, which is kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Basically, if you don't hit, you basically have to match the opponent because it's like an RPG. But because it's a roulette, it's just like, and the timing is not that great. I don't know. I'm really <laughs> just sad about this game. Another thing worth noting is that each of the precious stones... Also, like, if you were just reading it, it says precious tones. Like... Y yeah, it's it's a little... It's precious like, tones. It's like the... It's like the... No, I'm not going to explain a stupid anime that no one cares about, except some people. But uh, it's cool <laughs> because the precious stones all look different, as opposed to stars, which all look the same. Yeah, yeah they're not chaos emeralds. They're, they're basically like... The There's like seven of them total, right? I guess. Uh, no, I think I thought you could have like eight. It's like seven you? or eight. It it might be eight. If you're doing versus mode, you get to pick any yeah. of them. At, at the beginning of the game, you choose how many precious stones you need to collect in order for the game to end. Yeah, screw turn orders. I mean, screw a turn amount. Which is probably my biggest problem with this game because you know Mario Party has you set the amount of turns the game is. In this game. If nobody collects the precious stones, the game doesn't end. So it yeah. could last for a long time, which it has. It's just a hilarious vehicle for like your more annoying friends to annoy you. Yeah, uh, which I did yeah. experience when the three of us and another person played the game together. <laughs> and then Steven left and another person entered the fray and I was about 80% done with the game by this point. Nah, we had to keep going. But these two knuckleheads... <laughs> one of them being our editor. <laughs> yeah, the other so one the other other one being his brother. Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything mean to him about him. There is basically there is basically a small cabal of super villains trying to keep Isaiah and Charlie from being able to sleep that night. I won yeah. the game, so I don't care. I, yeah, which is bogus, by the way, because <laughs> it, and here's why it's bogus, right? Yeah, it, that's the game. It's bogus. It's more bogus than Mario Party. I was so goal oriented with it because I was like, you gotta get to the precious stone, then get to the final precious stone at the end of the game, which is the most infuriating part. And meanwhile, these two chuckleheads were like, no, I'm going to go to every battle space I see so that we have to play as many mini games as possible. To make yeah. Isaiah suffer, specifically. Yeah, I wonder and, why you didn't have fun with this game, Isaiah. That, yeah, that's dude. another thing. Uh, minigames are only triggered by minigame spaces, and sometimes it's not even a minigame. It's a mini-event, which is just like a visual novel type thing, and you'll either find uh, some random location, or you'll encounter Eggman dressed up in some weirdo disguise and get rings, or not win rings. And by not win rings, I mean he just takes them somehow. Like... It's just, and then sometimes you'll uh, have little things where like you'll ask, they'll ask you a question, and then if you answer wrong, which I don't know how it works, it's like truth or dare or some crap like that, and then it's like, oh, that person was <laughs> actually Void, dare. the main antagonist, because this game needs two antagonists, because Eggman just is just Bowser, he ruins your day, but Void yeah. is Bowser in the sense that he is the villain, and so Void is Eggman. Honestly, I think Void is. I think the characters in this are like basically non-binary. I don't know. I'm adding things that don't matter into a game, but, you know, <laughs> queer representation, y'all. 
it, do, it does not count as representation unless the authorial intent is there. Yeah. Although, speaking of non-binary... Where could you possibly be transitioning this? Okay, the thing, the thing is, is that if you play this game, or you have your Dreamcast calendar set to Christmas Eve, uh, yeah. Luminar, Luminar, is that her name? The, she's basically Toad. She, like, tells you what's going on on the board. She looks like, she kind of, she, she basically looks like Cosmo from, uh, the Sonic X anime. Oh, I but, thought you were going to say Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> yeah. No. Luminar is replaced by, oh, it's Lumina, I'm sorry. Oh, Lumina she's the one that's the by opposite. I'm sorry it took so long for me to, like, get to my point. Lumina is replaced by Knights, but I think it's the same voice actress anyway. But, you know, cool right. Knights cameo again. Knights is cool. That's the best thing. Actually, so, I've been told that a lot of the mini-events, uh, their outcomes can change based on what character you're playing as. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And, and when Charlie said that the events are, like, mini-visual novels, like... He was not kidding. Like, it's... You have an image that's sort of describing the situation, and then there's narration that's like, you come across a, a well in the midst of a forest, and you are feeling yeah. particularly thirsty. Like... Yeah, and usually your character model is there. They're not, like, visual novels, because they aren't designed the way the visual novels are, where, like, the focus is on character art. The focus is more on, like, a children's storybook type stuff, where you yeah. see these neat environments, and you're given this fun little situation. Yeah. Like... I think there's something appealing to it, but it it should be noted that it's not like you're talking to Amy, yeah, and like right. she asks what you like, what her favorite food is. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a dating sim. No, like you are the character. Like they're asking you the character something. The thing that bugs me about these events is that it goes, here's a premise, you make a decision, here's an outcome, none of this matters. Like, you get 20 yeah. rings, or you lose 20 rings, or nothing happens. It's not like doing, you know, a single-player minigame, or whatever. But there's no, there's no like, resolution. It feels yeah. like no idea sticks around long enough for you to feel like it left any meaningful impact. Yeah, just give me a Sonic visual novel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think if it, if it did, then that would not be fun for the other players. So it just kind of is weird that it's here at all. I still like it so much better than any happening space I've ever had to deal with in a Mario Party. Uh, I don't, because the loading on the Dreamcast is not great. I mean, that's like, yeah. I was, so, against I, Steven's wishes, I decided to play Mario Party 1 because this game was basically released after Mario Party 2, but I figured I would... I mean, I didn't tell you not to play one. Mario Party 1, I'm just telling you that, like, no matter what, you're going to like yeah. Mario Party better, whether it's a better game or not. Right. This this game was definitely designed in response to Mario Party. Yeah, that there's no question there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, oh, I go into Happening Space, oh, it does something, that's over, I can keep going with the game. Because, like I said, there's no turn order, I'm sorry, there's no turn amount... Yeah. So you're just like distracting things from the main objective and it just gets more and more excruciating. It's it's really interesting to me because this game goes we want to be like Mario Party but we have to be mechanically different. Here are the meaningful ways that we can make this game different and a lot of those a lot of those decisions are maybe better and a lot of them are definitely worse. And you can sort of you could sort of tell like the Mario Party conventions mostly held true throughout that franchise's uh, franchise. 
and and spin off like sort of knockoff party games, sort of copied Mario Party more directly, and they didn't tend to do the experimental stuff that uh, Sonic Shuffle did. But that's it's it's just really weird to me. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned that uh, you choose your card and that determines how many spaces you move. Did you mention that uh, you can move in any direction at any time? You can do that, which is interesting. Yeah, and like you can even pick other people's cards, and if you hit a certain button, you can shuffle the cards, so it makes it difficult for them to yeah. pick it. Other people's cards are face down, so you don't know which card you're selecting unless you have like figured out based on like them having their hand in a certain order when they were picking their card. Mm -hmm. So you could try and nab a high card from them, or they could hit the shuffle button right before you do, and then you would never know uh, if if you've picked the right card or not, which is interesting. I don't know if I like it necessarily, but it's interesting. I think that this game offers you a much better opportunity to just do silly board game things than actual Mario Party does. Like, yeah. Mario Party doesn't simulate a board game. Mario Party simulates this weird series of mini-games that is loosely affected by a board, and yeah. then two spaces on that board just randomly pick the winner. That's fair. Yeah. This is much more akin to something like Monopoly or, like, Sorry, where, like, your actions directly impact your opponents in ways that you can meaningfully decide, but there's still yeah. a random element, as opposed to just, like, I don't know, randomly picking things. Yeah. Well, also, the fact that, like, you're given a hand of cards and are picking from those cards on your given turn means that your direct actions of movement are a lot less random. Like in Mario Party, you're always moving forward, you can choose which way to go at a fork, but you're always moving forward and you don't really get to determine how far forward you're going. You can influence it a little bit. Before you keep going, hey, before you keep going, yeah. you cannot always choose which way you go at a fork. There are tons of Mario Party games where forks just send you random directions. That's true, that's true. Uh, but in this game, you can go in any direction at any time, so you can move forward one turn, and then you can just be like, actually, I liked it better over there the next turn. But there is a catch, because sometimes you'll have environmental hazards. They'll just randomly appear without any, like, indication. Like, Oh, yeah. In Mario Party, it's either, like, at, it changes during a turn, like, like every other turn or every three turns or whatever, and it tells you that. It shows you that. And mm -hmm. so, do, I mean, so does Mario Party, but, like, it becomes consistent enough that you expect it, but Sonic Shuffle, they just happen randomly, and you just... And there's also character-specific spaces for Knuckles, Amy, and Tails, where only they can access it, which limits the routes for everyone, which is a unique concept, but it can be a lot just more annoying, especially with your limited movement and the cards. So the, the spaces getting blocked off sort of arbitrarily kind of gets to another major problem the game has which is not i think a design i don't think it's like a here's a problem with the structure of the design so much as here's like an oversight that maybe if this game ever got a sequel would be fixed yeah just a weird call yeah like the game just doesn't tell you things like during mini games yeah. you can't tell how well you're doing like you can't see your score until the game is over like for almost yeah. every mini game yeah, there's no there's no counter or anything, and you get rings, but also if you get rings, you, like you basically in most games the objective is to get more rings. But unlike Mario Party, where it's like, oh cool, you got this money, that's what you get. In this game, like, oh you got like more coins or rings. Uh, here is more rings for getting the more rings. 
Yeah. So, like, in addition to getting rings in the minigame, for getting more, you just get more. And it just rewards you for doing good, but punishes you for doing worse. And that's, like, even worse when you're doing, uh... So when someone gets the precious stone, uh, the person who is farthest just, like, loses rings. Eggman just drops a weight on it, so you're just, like... Also, fun fact about that, it's not the person who is the most amount of spaces away from the precious stone. It's the person who is the greatest distance, like, when measured by a straight line. No, I think it is, but I think it is determined by spaces. It is. Oh, wait, no, you're right, because there's, like, a line that goes to you. I, I'm not really sure, but either way, it's, like, very mean. It's it's also, like, totally arbitrary. Yeah. Like, so Mario Party does a thing, of course, and I... Does this game... You'll have you'll have to tell me after I explain this. Uh, Mario Party does this thing where when there's five turns left or when the game is nearly over, whoever's in last place gets, like, an advantage of some sort because it's like, yeah, you're losing. Yeah, it's not always the person in last place. Sometimes it's just a random prediction, but it's, like, fourth or third for the yeah. most part. And, and so, whereas in this game, it goes, oh, whoever did the worst this time around uh you lose rings like you're you're getting you're at a disadvantage now so losing makes you lose i think that there's actually a logical design philosophy behind that which is that that person is likely going to be the closest to the next precious stone oh, if there's you know an what? algorithm here that's true that that does make sense i don't know if it's fair or reasonable or well designed but there is <laughs> some logic to it yeah well i think so the thing with the precious stones is that they have very defined uh, appearance locations. Like, they have a space. It's not like the Star where You can, if you play the game enough, you'll know where it'll be. Yeah. Like, where it can be. But this is just like, no, here's a, a fidget spinner space. And <laughs> yeah, you're going to ha get a thing there. But I don't, I think they're randomly assigned, just like in Mario Party. Yeah. But it's, there's a smaller pool. Right. And you can see what the pool is. Yeah. And then the last one is always at a specific location. Yeah, and definitely the having to land directly on it part is the worst part. Like it's not. I guess it's it's not too terrible, but it is if you don't have the right card. Which literally lost me the game when we played it together. Yeah. Because despite the fact that I was the first person to the final precious stone, I also didn't have the right cards, and then like three turns later. Like, we all got new cards, and I finally had the right card, but by that time, somebody else had gotten to it. Did someone also, like, use a stone that, like, forced you to move a certain amount of spaces? Because yeah, there are things in this game called Force Stones <laughs> that are basically items, which, you know, were introduced in Mario Party 2, so yeah. I guess, whatever. And they are interesting. You can get them randomly in minigames, which is cool, or you can get them from defeating mini-bosses, which you get from battle spaces, which... You know, you do the same thing as you do with the big bosses at the Precious Stones. But, yeah, the Force Jewels are kind of interesting, but, like, you almost forget they're there half the time. And Yeah, you don't get them very often, and a lot of them don't do much. There's also a shot. Like, there's an item that makes a player of your choice be less likely or more likely to be targeted by uh, the, like, roulette wheel that a lot of these games have for who yeah. this next item is going to affect. And that's such a, like, tertiary item. Like, now you're less likely to be targeted by this. And by this, I mean everything. Yeah. Which is both good and bad, depending on what items everybody else has. 
Right, but, like, I think that there's a cool idea to that, which is something similar to, like, in a trading card game where you could, if you could manipulate the items that you had, develop a unique strategy to, like, encourage rings to come towards you or to, like, hurt the player in first. Yeah. Sure. But nothing in the game... Like, all of these party games are implemented... Their mechanics are implemented, rather, in such a way that it's never fun to build a strategy because that strategy will always get ruined by something you can't control, especially yeah. if you're playing with friends who want to, like, play chaotic evil. Yeah. Right. Which was my experience. That's the best way to experience these games, because it's funny, but, like, if you're trying to win, you've already lost. Yeah. And and because, again, because it doesn't end after a specified number of terms, you have to complete an objective, somebody has to not play chaotic evil. <laughs> like, two people are gonna play chaotic evil, and I'm going to actually, die. like, die... Right, because... and I had the most fun because I left and get to hear about this, like, hell story that you're speaking of, which just is me in my head imagining you, like, having a panic attack because Matt <laughs> just, like, keeps... So Matt and Dave were literally, like, crunching the numbers to trigger as many, like, minigame spaces <laughs> as possible, specifically because I wanted the game to end and they wanted to <laughs> watch me suffer. Yeah, are they great? <laughs> you were mentioning Precious Stone, um... I remember one particular one that you were uh, fond of, the Carbuncle. Oh which my God! Eats all the Force Gems in your inventory, and then every turn, by the way, yeah. and then it eats itself. Yeah. So if you have like four items, which might be the most amount of items you can carry, I think. Probably. So you get you get this item called the Carbuncle, which is a cursed item that, like, every turn it eats one item in your inventory, so you can no longer use it. Uh, so it basically makes you want to use your items as quickly as possible. And then it disappears the following term, and the way it describes that is it says, the carbuncle ate itself. And <laughs> I was so... I was so emotionally, like, unstable by the time we got to that part in the night. We're gonna... We're gonna tweet that. It's like Vanilla Ice from from Ginger's Bizarre Adventure Part 1. I two, actually... <laughs> part I actually broke down... So, Isaiah. Yeah. You mentioned a roulette earlier. Yeah. That exists. In versus mode, when you uh, when you defeat a, bo a mini boss, it just says, hey, spin a roulette and just steal 20 rings from someone who just doesn't deserve it randomly. <laughs> yeah. Your reward is somebody else and gets you to just, lose. You don't even get to choose for one thing, but it's a roulette. And then on uh, some precious stone spaces, after a while, they'll... Uh, a void will appear, and void will talk to you and say, "Hey, do you want to steal precious stone? Pay me fifty rings, which is, you know, very similar to the boo yeah. in uh, Mario Party." But again, you spin a roulette, and if no one else has a precious stone, he's like, "Sorry." Wait, so if you <laughs> if you pay him fifty rings, and then you just like your spinner lands on the one person that doesn't have a precious stone, he just goes, "Yeah, well, get wrecked," and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that because that kind of like discourages players from trying to play well because rings matter less and like even if you're pretending that you've got skill and you can prove that this game is about skill, there's one more layer to screw you over for being a fool and thinking that you can control the outcome. That's fair, but speaking of rings and Shut controlling up. the outcome, uh something else that's that's interesting about this game is 
you know, in Mario Party, one out of every, like, four or so spaces is a red space instead of a blue space. So if you land on it, you lose coins instead of gaining coins. Uh, in this game, that ratio is closer to 50-50. Uh, I think it's probably yeah. I think it's probably more blue than red. Yeah, but it's still much more uh, close than in any Mario Party game. Yeah. So because you can uh, select which number you're playing, uh, it, it makes sense that it would be like, okay, so there's more red spaces, but you have the ability to choose, so you're more likely to land on a blue space if you're specifically trying to avoid a red space. And interestingly, the more blue spaces you land on in a row, you basically get this combo going where you get right. exponentially more rings over time. It's actually not every blue space. It's just any blue or red space, you'll rack up a combo. But... Oh, really? So it'll be like 3, 6, 9, 12, but you'll lose... If you Let's say you get you get two blue spaces, you got six. So you get six rings. Then you land a red space, then you lose nine rings. Then you go to the next blue space, and that like the next turn, and you get 12. Interesting. Yeah. So so the combo is only broken then when you land on a special uh, tile. Yeah, any other space. Well, now I hate that because... I think it's an interesting mechanic. It's an interesting mechanic, but it's basically like, do you want to choose between change, like changing the amount of rings that you get or actually making something like interesting happen, I guess? You know? But I, I think it makes a lot more sense as a combo for gaining rings, for, for only gaining rings or only losing rings than to yeah, say, I oh, agree. well, as long as you're on a ring space, the combo is still going. Yeah, and sometimes after you like enough players land on a certain space consistently, Eggman will show up, and he'll either try to increase or decrease the size of a red or blue space, but sometimes he'll make a mistake, and basically it goes from like three rings to ten rings or three rings to one ring, because if one gets smaller, the other does get bigger. There's, there's a lot design-wise going on with this game. And that's an event that happens. I mentioned a lot of random events, like stages changing. There's also just, like, random minigames that appear, and it's just, like, a flashing PNG of exasperation saying, accident! Double exclamation <laughs> That's right, mark. that's right. It just goes, accident! You can get rings in that, but it's like, couldn't I have been given a little bit of warning? It's just like, and, I, and then the game has to load, and uh, there's also another one accident that you always know is going to happen, and that's at the end of a map, like after the last precious stone is collected, and you do a minigame collect rings, and... Can I just say, you might you might call that an accident waiting to happen? <laughs> Bit. <laughs> Bit. It'll be waiting for a long time. Yeah, that is for sure. But you play it, and you get rings, and I feel like there's a re... Like, like I feel like the... Uh, so at the end of the game, you know how like people get slowly whittled down because you don't have enough? Because in Mario Party, it's like... You mean, like, emotionally, or, like... Well... In my case, it was definitely emotionally, because I had a lot of rings and a lot of precious stones, but no will to go on. Living. <laughs> so, you know how, in, like, in Mario Party, it's like, okay, here are the bonus stars, and then here's who did well. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll like, show, oh, you won. Like, it'll, it's, the elimination is different every time, but in this one, it's just, like, it won't tell you, like... It'll begin with them, so they're all running down like this path, and then there's like four springs that just like bounce them up to the next platform. But the person in last place will just like, I'm not gonna jump on that spring, I'm just gonna try to jump on my own, and they just fall down. Yeah. And 
and then it'll say, oh, you got this, or... Because I think I got penalized for not doing well on the final minigame. And the minigames in this game are not easy, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But basically, it's just everyone running, and then they just stop running, and... It'll tell, it'll like tell you the bonuses in the corner, but it's like, it's not like a nice text box in the middle. In Mario there's Party. no, I don't know. there's no like, uh, what's the word? There, there's fanfare. no fanfare. That's exactly correct. Yeah. It just goes, yeah. So, uh, these people got these bonuses, and here's the winner. The music in this game is completely forgettable. It's like the first time. Wow. I mean, those are Game Gear games. You can remember the Sonic, the. Uh, what, 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 what is that stupid game called? You can remember... What was it called? <laughs> well, I know the... I can remember the music. It's... I just can't remember the name of the stupid title. The download title. Oh, uh, it's, it's fucking Sonic Squares. Sonic Eraser. Sonic, Sonic Eraser. Eraser. That music I could, like, remember to some extent. This music is just, like... Uh, uh... The visuals are really cool, though. I like the look of everything in this game. Yeah, everything looks nice. Um, I want to comment on that. All right. The character models are basically recycled from Sonic Adventure, but they're, like, cel-shaded, I guess? Yeah, they're cel-shaded. They just have bolder lines than you're used to seeing, and they animate less. Yeah, they do the same. When they win, they'll do the same stupid pose from, like, when you select <laughs> them or complete a stage. And then they have recycled voice clips, but some new clips that are just terrible, especially for Knuckles. Because his, his voice actor got replaced in Sonic Adventure 2, so... Yeah. And then again, after Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, it's like no one can handle the power of Knuckles, the echidna. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Insert line from one of Knuckles' raps here. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of the character models, and speaking of characters, like, you can only pick from the four, like the... Basically, I would call them the pre-established four, like they appeared before Sonic Adventure. Yeah. But you can unlock Supersonic, Gamma, Big, and a Chow. But uh, I know I keep saying Mario Party, but in the first Mario Party, you could just, like, pick from six characters. Which, as a kid, I didn't think that was a lot because there wasn't really characters I liked that much. But, like, dude, I hate, like, I have to face, I have to play as Amy, but I have to always face Tails, Knuckles, and Sonic. And it's not even easy to unlock the other characters. Like, I looked up a guide to say, oh, here's how you unlock them in the Sonic room. Because there's, like, little panels that you flip and you get, like, a screenshot or something. But the one that had Gamma was just like, not for sale. Like, didn't give me a ring count, nothing. <laughs> and I'm just like, can I please play as a character that's interesting? No. Well, so what's interesting to me is, I mean, because past Sonic games with unlockable characters in them have had a history of some characters just being better than others. And so unlocking the game basically made the game harder. I'm thinking particularly... Yeah. You're referring exclusively to Sonic R. There's no other... Specifically to Sonic R. There's no other Sonic game before now that had an unlockable character. Wasn't that think. a thing in Sonic Drift? Or am I no. crazy? No, they're okay. all available. Alright, never mind then. Uh, Sonic R has that... You could call it an issue. It's certainly a situation. Um, but it was and... fun in Sonic R. Yeah, in Sonic R, the way that you do it is maybe not explicitly clear, but it's encouraging to do the things that you need to do because they are located in the level as, like, yeah. items that are counted up. So it's clear, oh, I need to do something. In this case, I think all you have to do is reach a certain ring count during the game, and then it will make those available to you. Like, you have to have a certain ring count and then finish with that, and then that unlocks them for sale or something. Yeah. I was also confused by it because I was looking into this a little bit. 
but there's some way to get them, but it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And rings aren't encouraging to collect in this game. Because mm -hmm. you can lose them so easily from Eggman just hitting a button yeah. or accidentally being far away from the precious stone. So. Right. And speaking of Eggman, there's an Eggman card in like every. It's basically the old maid, you know, in a manner of speaking, where like if you select it, he'll do a random bad thing, just like landing on a Bowser space. It'll be a roulette wheel. That's fine. But like the, I guess the key is to shovel it in your hand if you have it to have someone pick it yeah. in case they steal your card. But. It's, I mean, it's it's the reason the game says you can take other people's cards is that you might take the Eggman card, and that's the yeah. risk. And if yeah. you use it in a battle against one of the enemies, uh, they, they just hit you and the battle ends. You don't do damage or anything. It's just an instant lose. And also the enemies are different for every level, which is kind of interesting. They're really weirdly designed, like... Uh, Steven, you can punch me for this later for, like, making the comparison, but they remind me of Digimon in their design. You're, I mean, you're just wrong. They're way more like Monster Rancher. Monster Rancher's definitely apt. Yeah, something like those kind of weird, not Pokemon game. I'm sorry. See, they would be more like Digimon if they were wearing clothes, had more numbers of arms, a lot more yeah. anime hair, and different artillery. Their, their eyes definitely kind of remind me of Digimon. And ha they're kind of interesting designs, but like they're forgettable, and I'm glad that nothing came back. Just all the charm that any other Sonic game had are just gone. And it definitely feels very, very like spiritually like it's not a Sonic game. Yeah. Like somebody who was familiar with the Sonic characters. Right. Somebody who like knew a lot about the characters, but didn't actually know anything about the games that they were from made mm -hmm. a party and game. And the first map is literally called Emerald Coast. Yeah. Nothing really reminds me of that. Yeah, um, also, like, to be clear, Mario Party has similar issues where oh, yeah. Hudson is definitely not Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a fair comparison, too. I want to talk about one last level gimmick. In Emerald Coast, there's an underwater portion... And it has an air mechanic. Oh my god. So it counts down every turn and there's like spaces that give you air bubbles. And if you if you run if you run out of air, it's not that big a deal. It just forces it just forcefully moves you there. And you don't lose a turn. Like, I'm pretty sure you don't, because there's certain things that do make you lose a turn, like duels, like every time you land on the same space, like similar to like Mario Party three, you do a duel, but it's the same mini game where you're selecting cars and the other people can participate by shuffling them and it's just the same thing and uh, I just hate everything. So the water mechanic is actually just what if we took the air mechanic in the Sonic games and made it turn based and I mm -hmm. either hate that or love that and I haven't decided. Well if you don't have cards it's just like goodbye. Yeah. It's way better than in an actual Sonic game where you're just waiting for anxiety to kick in. That's true. Yeah, like, the, the icon above your head just shakes. There's no, uh... Yeah, it's it's better than the Sonic games where you're standing literally on top of a bubble thing waiting for the bubble to appear. <laughs> and then the bubble starts to appear, but it's not in a state that you can actually inhale it. And you just run out of breath, and there's nothing you could do. There was, yeah. like, three full seconds of you being in a safety zone, and it just wouldn't do anything. And so you just die. Yeah. 
Sorry, I just, I just got, like, strong feelings that I needed to express immediately. <laughs> so, I just figured out something huge. Oh, yeah? This game was co-developed with Sega by Hudson Soft. Oh! Oh, that's right. For the uninitiated, that's the company that also developed Mario Party. So these games were probably developed by largely the same team. Oh my god. But they had to, like, figure out how to make it different from Mario Party that it kind of got out of hand. Or, or, Nintendo paid Hudson Soft to sabotage Sonic. Dude. <laughs> Huge if true. Bits. Should we talk about, like, the story or something? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all you, man. Yeah, so I'm going to, like, skim through... So yeah, it's just Thomas Tails and Amy and Knuckles doing whatever. They get an imaginary world by uh, Lumina Flowlight. Did you call Sonic Thomas? Did I? They're both Sonic blue. the tank engine. I'm really just like trying to lose it. <laughs> Dude, I I lost it while playing this game, so I feel ya. You called him Thomas. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> let's just forget him, man. <laughs> no. So Void is fucking up shit, and you have to go to maps. Like, the first map is the Emerald Coast map, and there's ice everywhere. Oh no, this tropical place that's supposed to be for dreams of people who like the sunshine has got ice in it. We gotta fix this ice stuff. Ice. I, they don't say ice that much. I'm just like, <laughs> really? And, like, there is dialogue where, like, wow, this is not cool. And, they're you know, they have their usual quips, but yeah. the, the mouth movements are actually worse than in, uh... Sonic Adventure, believe it or not. Yeah. It's it's way past uncool. And I couldn't make it past the first map. I did it in oh. normal difficulty, but normal difficulty is apparently too hard, especially with those <laughs> mini games. I did watch some of the opening cutscenes of the game. And I have to say, you can tell that nobody on the team was paid to write the script. <laughs> Because so or translate it. Well, because I feel like with Sonic Adventure, there was somebody who was like, "This is a narrative concept that like we need to like do and make sure is good." Whether whether or not there was a paid writer, there was somebody who wrote it, and like they wanted it to be good. And and here because uh, for a lot of the history of game development. There was not a lot of respect for writers as a job because everybody thinks that they can write, you know. Everybody's like, oh, you know, I write emails, so writing dialogue shouldn't really be harder <laughs> than that. Um, right. So I already have those skills, and then they do not. Um, and <laughs> this game, just watching the first couple of cutscenes, I was like, nobody wrote this. Certainly not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just needed to express that real quick. I really don't have that much else to say about the story. Just that it existed. Yeah. And there's, you know, OCs in this that are just knights ripoffs. I guess that's the best way to put it. I wanted to ask how you guys felt about. Sorry, I wanted again. to ask. I'm sorry. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted. To, I wanted to ask. How you guys felt about those two? What are their, what are their names? Luminaria and Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. It's Cosmo and Wanda, yeah. 
It's Lumina Void Cosmos from Sonic X. I, no, I, I was making a joke about... Hey, Steven. <laughs> you forgot to end with bits. Yeah, you, you gotta say bits. If it's a bit. I said it wasn't for the podcast, guys. Stop. <laughs> I'm scared. Bits. Bits. So Lumina Flow Light is her name. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. So, I mean, I'm, I'm Google imaging her right now because... I'm not a fan of her shade of pink. Even though I literally watched the cutscene an hour ago, I had already forgotten what she looked like. Which I think is because she does not look in a way that is um, good. Yeah, I like Void's design, but L Lumina... There's just too much doesn't... pink. They also... Neither of them look like Sonic characters, really? Yeah, they, I, no. they definitely look closer to Knight's characters. Yeah. Well, I think Void could pass as a Sonic character in a modern game where the designs have stretched, like, the limits more. But, right. like, at the moment, the furthest thing we have from Sonic is, like, Big the Cat. And, I don't know. Like, these certainly don't fit with him. So. Yeah. There is a character that, like, doesn't appear much, but it's called Illumina, which is, like, the guardian of the imaginary world or whatever. But she's just some generic angel goddess looking thing. It's just... Now that's a Digimon. Uh, I don't even know where I want to go with this. Uh, we were talking about the character design. They're not Sonic. Neither are the enemies. Yeah. I Should we talk a little bit about like their designs, maybe? The designs feel more like a Knights game than like a Sonic game. They're just like weird RPG enemy designs. Like, I, I mentioned Digimon, and uh, if I may say, Steven off, Steven off camera said that these are not Digimon. He's right. But, like, there's, like, a fish. It's just, like, an angry kind of looking fish. But then there's, like, legs protruding out of its sides and then down with ice skates. With ice skates. Yes, ice <laughs> skates. It's a fish on ice. Yes. And there is a palm tree that wears sunglasses and holds a fishing rod and a bucket. I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a Mario Sunshine character. Yeah. It feels a lot more like a Banjo-Kazooie character to me. Yeah. I don't know. He really got me with the sunshine. That There's that palm tree that has the vase that wants you to, like, shoot eggs into oh. it. <laughs> My opinion is that this game, like, officially links Sonic and Knights into the same canonical universe. Like, there were Easter eggs in Sonic Adventure, but I think this one makes it official. There's also a Yeti with the surfboard. That's... That's, that's a nothing monster. So when I said designs, I meant designs for, like, the two new characters, but right. this is also hilarious. There is a southern bell that has, like, whips and then, like, a train robber, because this is on the train level. What? Hold it. A southern bell that has whips? That yeah. seems a little bit, like, maybe toned up. Like, she looks kind of alien or robotish. It's whatever. Oh. What? I'm confused now. Is is Charlie referring to just like a like a bell, like the thing that you ring, but like No, it's... like you know, like a Oh, I do declare like in a, a western or something. A socialite is the word that like Yeah, but Southern Bell I feel like is something that people I don't know. Socialite right. I would associate with more high class, uh not accent. Can can you give me this character's name so I could Google image them? There is no name. These are just generic enemies that you fight yeah. sometimes. Man, the precious stone guardians have weird designs. Like you can see the stone like in their body, and they have it's 
you can't even describe them. It's like worse than trying to describe Gamma. <laughs> like, they just have these unique designs that they're just kind of guarding it. And like, the last Guardian... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, there's like one of the final guardians of a stone just looks like a lady just like I think it's supposed to be a Lumina because that kind of looks like her but it's just yeah and Void has like a true form that kind of looks like one of them but I don't even know how you fight them because if you think I'm going to try to beat this game you got another thing coming damn the splash art for the stone like the stone sonas I don't know what the word for that is but the splash art for those does look pretty cool. Oh yeah, the splash art during the loading screens? Yeah, during the loading screens and also whenever you acquire one of the items, it shows you like what that item's monster version looks like. And they're not like the monsters that you fight where they're just random like household items duct taped to... They look like these sharp, like, I don't know, almost like impish type things. Yeah. They look really cool. I like them. There's a lot of art in this game. Yeah, there's enough cool art going on that, like, I wasn't offended by the rest of the game the way that everyone else was, because just every time something new popped up on screen, I was having fun enough. Yeah, well, you left, and then we got a lot of repeat content, which was... Yeah, well, I chose to leave because I realized what you guys were about to go through. Also, I want to be clear, I don't think that this game is, like, I don't know, compared to Mario Party, it's probably, like, one less point, but Mario Party is, like, a two, and this is, like, a one. Like, both those games suck really hard. And any, like, virtual board game that is not, like, Fortune Street is just awful. I'm not going to respond to that because I don't have the capacity to. Like, I just want to make my stance clear. You can like those games if you want, but, like, I think that they're all garbage. And gambling, like, in a video game is pretty lame, usually. I mean, unless you're playing Voltorb Flip. That's not gambling. That's a very, like, specific thing that you can control pretty easily if you understand the way it works. It also is get. You know what? We're getting off track. I actually just realized something. Each yeah. board has its own unique final boss for the last precious stone. Mm. So that's. But they they don't look like stones, so I guess they're better because they have unique designs that fit the theme. But it's like, I I can't care. That's fair. This game. Do we just want to do thumbs up, thumbs down? Or do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? It's obvious that we're all thumbs down. I I want more things to say, but I just don't have it. There's not. I'm giving a thumbs down. We could list individual mini games probably, but I don't think that's worth it. Oh yeah, let me try to look for mini games. I was trying to look for that earlier because uh, let's talk about the that one where you have to use your psychic powers. <laughs> Remember that one, Isaiah? I I actually don't. So you have to use your psychic powers to guess this uh one of the you know one of the letter buttons and you have to hit it in time but it's like really hard because it keeps phasing in and out and you just lose oh, rings yeah. if you don't guess it right and another thing it's written in old english text so it's <laughs> even it makes it a little bit harder to identify the letters more also there are like team mini games and one versus three mini games but like there's no way for you to figure out which one is going to appear? Yeah. Yeah, it's just random. It's not like like Mario Party goes, oh, somebody landed on a red space and the other three didn't. It's a one versus mm -hmm. three. This game goes, uh, it's a one versus three. And I don't know. There was one that I actually enjoyed. I'm trying to, I can't even remember because this game is awfully forgettable. So one thing I want to be pretty clear about, the mini games in this actually control fairly well. 
fairly well. Uh, there are some situations that I'm not super into. I've never played a Mario Party minigame that I felt controlled well. <laughs> other than the mashing ones. And that's because you're just mashing a button. You have not played a lot of Mario Party games. I've played seven Mario Party games. The the final minigame of the train level is just a masher. Isaiah, I don't, like, I feel roasted right now that you would pretend <laughs> well, that I haven't okay. played a ton of Mario Party games and that they don't all control, like, hot garbage. So I have played the uh, most recent Mario Party game as of the time of this recording, uh, which is the the Switch one. I don't remember what it's called. Super Mario Party. Is it really just Super Mario Party? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Are you so kidding me? I have played Super Mario Party, um, and... All of the minigames control super smoothly in that game. Yeah, imagine that. A game that came out, like, what? Mm, I mean, yeah, it, years I, later? if you compare the two, like, it doesn't make sense to do because it's been 15, 20 years. But, like, just, I don't know, saying that... I'm saying that this game somehow had competent controls before, I don't know, we got to Mario Party 20? I think that might have something to do with the way the games are designed to sort of exist within the same movement engine. Whereas with Mario Party, every game operates differently, and so they're all just they're all just built differently. Wait, what do you mean? There's no other Sonic Shuffle. What do you mean within the I'm same? I'm talking engine? about I'm talking about with uh, every mini game within Sonic Shuffle is built with the same movement engine. Oh, as I each thought you other. meant that like every Mario Party has the same <laughs> engine, just like every Sonic no, Shuffle, no, 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 no. like. Every 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 mini game within Sonic Shuffle has the same sort okay. of movement engine, whereas with that Mario makes Party, more sense. because there's more like variety, I guess, with the way the game will work. That means every movement, every control scheme is is constructed from the ground up, and so a lot less attention is given to each individual one rather than solidifying one strong one. I would accept that, but. A lot of them are just top-down perspectives, and running around still sucks in all those, and that should be a, an engine that you need to make work, and it just doesn't, and that's not fun. What's that one, like, there's there's a Mario Party, I want to say it's like Mario Party 4, or maybe 5, where there, it's basically precision platforming minus the jump button, like you're just walking around trying not to fall. That's, a lot of them have that, uh, it's just amazing. I can't usually. think of one where it's, there's no jumping, because what's platforming without jumping? Well, no, what Isaiah's talking about is there's a, like, canyon under you, and you're walking yeah. on, like, these peaks, sort of, that create a path. Yeah, and so you're basically racing oh. in the canyon. Yeah, that's Mario Party 4. Yeah. yeah, I think that's 4. I feel like that controls pretty well. Nope, you're wrong. Yeah, but I don't like that minigame. Man, I used to love that minigame. Maybe it was because I was good at it and nobody else was. <laughs> yeah, because you're used to the awful controls. That's why, like, you... You can't separate yourself from how much you've played Mario Party. Like, you're gonna like it more. That's true. That's true. But the controls are not good. They don't feel good. It doesn't feel good to play that game. Like, if I was given more time to play these games, you know, for instance, every turn, I'd probably like them more. Because <laughs> there was a guitar one that I'm just starting to figure out how it works. Where you get a spotlight oh. and you get to shred, but I think you have to press... A certain button more times to make it look like you're actually shredding. I was pressing every button like after one another, so it just looked like I couldn't play guitar. Which you know, me IRL might be true. Like I can't play guitar. So. It was just I don't know. I'm gonna look for the I'm gonna look for this, this gift of gift of gamma. Actually, it's on my gift phone. Gift of gamma. Anyway, after, there's really not much else I want to say about the mini games, but they're there. It's the thumbs down. They're there. 
I just found the picture of the of the fish with ice skates. <laughs> and we need to maybe tweet that up. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll I'll put it in the chat so that we have a record of it. You, there's something else you need to tweet. Something about the carbuncle? I don't know, I'm just distracting things. It's now stalling, whatever you call it. So we're all thumbs down, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we've we've been thumbs down since the beginning. There's no doubt about it. There's there is a down about it though, and that's my thumb. This game is sad, like, for many reasons, because we've had so many Sonic spin-offs before that were designed in a way that incorporated Sonic into its core and, like, really interesting and unique, like, different elements that sort of make these side genres feel more like they belong. And this does none of that, and it doesn't even do the thing that Sonic Drift did, which was offered you this platform where you could play as a ton of different characters from the franchise. Like, this ignores a bunch of the cool history that Sonic has in lieu of just having... Two playable Sonic characters. Like, yeah. Characters that are Sonic the Hedgehog. A Chow, which doesn't need to be playable. Big the Cat, which we all hate. And then it's just like Gamma from Sonic Adventure. Right. Something I really appreciate about Mario Party is that they would just put enemies in the game, like as like yeah. as mini game backdrops or like in the boards, and I'm like, wow, I wonder where that enemy came from. And then it was like, oh, this is from Yoshi's Island, that's from Mario 2, and it's like it made me want to play the games more. This just is yeah. like, play Sonic Adventure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and I think some of that comes from Sonic trying to reinvent itself at this point, literally with character redesigns, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Sonic is definitely erasing some of its past in a way to sort of try and unify its sort of canons. Yeah, well, because Sonic is, is always, is Sonic is perpetually hip, right? Like, you know, whether or not it's successful or not. It it struck a nerve with a particular group of people, uh, and then its identity is based around always trying to stay cool within that group of people, and that group of people is basically an age group, right? Um, and what's cool in the early 90s is different from what's cool in the late 90s, and is different from what's cool in the 2000s, and what's cool now, you know? And so Sonic has to change to match that definition of cool. Uh, and so in order to do that, and of course, like right now in, in 20 whatever year this is, uh, what's cool is nostalgia. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but at this time, get out of here past. It's time for the present or future or whatever. And so that means that we can't have callbacks to earlier games because we weren't as cool then. Right, but we also can't have a game with a unique and interesting pool of characters because now we have six Sonic characters total. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we didn't have too many more than six before, but, like, even Sonic R, it decided to do away with, like, the callbacks, right? Like, when we really only have the core yeah. team of four that lasts into the next sort of generation of Sonic. But in that game's case, it shows to add its own unique characters to make the roster feel, like, filled out. Yeah. And those characters were cool because they tied back to a concept, which was Metal Sonic. And they didn't just repeat Metal Sonic. Like, Metal Knuckles kind of feels like a repeat, but he's designed differently, <laughs> and he has, like, this cool look to him. And then we have the Tails doll, which isn't just mechanical Tails at all. It's, yeah. like, this really interesting, creepy thing. It's a completely unique design. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's based on Tails, but it's not just Metal Sonic, but Tails now. It's... This is a doll that theoretically is remote-controlled, you know? Yeah. Like... And 
I would be willing to give this game largely the same credit if you could play as Void and Lumina, but you can't, so they feel even more disconnected from the cast. Yeah. Like, if you could play as them, I think that it'd be easier to think of them as Sonic characters, even though, obviously, they are. Like, they don't come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you could play as Void, I would feel, like, really interested in that. Like, I would have picked them right away. Yeah. Because they have a neat, sharp design that I think, like, is sort of emblematic of future Sonic antagonists that we'll get to. Yeah. And I think that, like... I don't know. It'd be really cool if you could play as these new characters, but you just can't. You can only play as the characters that we can already play as. So there's no new territory here. That's true. It's weird. But yeah, thumbs down. You can find the podcast on Twitter at NoSpinetchZone. <laughs> you can email us using the email NoSpinetchZone at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at Twitter.com slash IsaiahGames. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. You can follow me at DrawsCharlie... I draw things every day. Bye. We did it. We got through Sonic Shuffle. But at what cost? <laughs> good night. Good night. night. Or good morning. <laughs>We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.